Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ, for that introduction. With me today is Lisa Davis Budzinski. Now, she worked as a paralegal specialist in the Florida State Attorney's Office. And there she had received several prestigious awards for her service and her worth ethics, which included Champion of Justice Award. That just sounds incredible. I'm sh- I would love to hear the story behind that and possibly Lisa will share that with us. Now right smack in the middle of her busy lifestyle, Lisa had a stroke as a very young woman and this also resulted in central pain syndrome, thyroid cancer and Graves disease. We are talking to a, a survivor today and I am so pleased that she's going to share her story. As a result of that her life changed forever as it would as any of us who who have related to any part of what I'm sharing already know this. During the process of learning to deal with these life changes a book was birthed. Her book is entitled, At the End of the Day, and in it, Lisa shares how these experiences that she went through can give you strength and courage to move forward and to face life head on. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Carol, and thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given to me. You are most welcome, and you and I have had a a few little chats and some emails, and I feel like I'm getting to know you, and I know that you're going to thoroughly uh, be appreciated today by what you're going to share. So my first question to you is how did you handle your life literally stopping, your world stopping, right when you were so young? Can you start by sharing that with us? What happened and how did you handle it? Uh, It was such a hard journey and a hard trek. When you're in your 30s, you're right where you want to be in your professional life. And I felt that I was at the top. And then out of nowhere, I have a stroke and cancer. And it just stopped me in my tracks and then everything that I worked so hard for was gone Mm. and funny with that is when you lose a job that you really thought that you're 
very good at, you actually go through the five stage of grief. Of course. And it took me really five years to go through those five stages. And on top of that, the loss of my mother and other things, too. But life changed drastically. Now, let's stop there and just back up a little bit. Share about those five stages and specifically with what you went through. With the five stages, oh, you get so angry, so angry that the life you worked so hard for is now gone. And, oh, it was terrible. You long for that life. How can I get it back? You you start saying, okay, if I do this, you start bargaining, I'll do this, I can get it back. Maybe one day I can work, get it, just get it all back, but you can't. And it takes so long to come to the realization that you can't. It's time to start a new journey. It's time to move forward. And what about the other stages? I'm trying to think of them all right now. Well, let's see, there's there's anger, there's, uh, yeah, that's right, that's funny. They've escaped me as well. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. They'll come. They'll come as we're talking. Okay. The five stages of grief. Isn't that, it, denial. That was one. Oh, denial. That would go in with the bargaining as well. Denying that I'm actually as sick as I am, and that I actually could go back to work, and that I actually could handle the schedule that I had in that life. And so, how did you cope with this? Coping comes from friends and family and faith and perseverance finding your new self you actually have to find a new you and say okay what am I going to do now what am I able to do now and so walk us through that what what did you do well oh I looked for others that were experiencing what I was experiencing I didn't even know what I really had and thank goodness for technology nowadays I actually found out that yes I I had central pain syndrome and I found that there actually are people over three million people just in the United States alone are suffering from central pain syndrome and it was mind-boggling because I had never heard of it and of all the people that I've met through life, I've never mentioned CPS. It wasn't as prevalent as the word cancer or breast cancer or MS, all those things that you've known your whole life and heard over and over. So did the stroke come first, and which brought on the central pain syndrome and then the cancer, or what, what exactly happened there? Here is the chicken and the egg. They do not know which came first. They are together, though, if you have a stroke in the thalamus or the hypothalamus that um, affects the whole endocrine system, all the glands. And for me, it affected the thyroid gland, which plays a huge part in our body. Uh, I think that that stroke may have zapped that thyroid gland is what I've always thought and my husband thought as well. It grew massive into Mm. a large goiter and Mm. that's how 
I think it happened because they found the stroke in the thalamus and then at the same time the thyroid grew so quickly and so big. You were quite young too, weren't you? I was. I was just in my mid-30s. Oh my goodness. So that would um, definitely make you even more angry. It's not like you were close to retirement or something. Exactly, because you lay out this life plan. Okay, I found a job I love. I'm pretty good at it. I think I'll stay here for at least 35 years. I know I can put that in because it's so much fun. And then all of a sudden, that plan's gone out the window. Nobody tells you what to do about that. Nobody says, what do you do when you put your, you planned your life and what you're going to do up till retirement? No one tells you, well, what do you do that's no longer possible? What do you do when that comes to a screeching halt? So how did, how did it change from, um, you being in that stage of, First of all, your illness and all the emotions that you were going through to becoming victorious over that. Like, you know, share what happened, what the what the process was that you went through. It was very interesting when when I got the Graves thyroid condition. It's very hyper. You're moving at such a high high speed, so much so that. You're running at 100%, but when you look at everyone else, they're in slow motion. Once they took my thyroid out, I fell to zero. Now my muscles didn't want to work. Oh, my goodness. Now I couldn't do anything. It was such a drastic, severe change. And I had to learn, okay, now what? I, I went from 100, and now I'm at zero. Now what do I do? It's a whole life changing uh, now I can't do three or four tasks in a day in my Graves disease high promotion I could do over 50 things a day and not even blink an eye now really? nowadays I have to I have to pick okay I can do one thing today what will that be and if I do that mm-hmm. one thing today I know that I'll need the next day to recover and Is that partly because of the CPS? Yes, it's mostly because of the CPS. And is that your central pain syndrome, does it affect your entire body? It does. It affects from head to toe um, in so many different ways. With mine, uh, my muscles will stiffen up. um, They call it stiff person syndrome, and you'll just stiffen up just like a two-by-four. And then your muscles will start going into spasms, and that could be one day. The next day, it could feel like millions of ants just running through your body, and you're just trying to scratch everywhere, and it's driving you crazy, like torture treatment. And then some days, you get this massive head pain. I know people like to categorize it as a migraine, mainly because there might not be another term for that, but... There are days where you get these massive head pains, and you may have them anywhere from two to six days in a row, and it's just nonstop. So every day brings something different with central pain syndrome. 
And how do you cope with that when that happens? Do you um, do you have medication or do you just ride it out? Yeah, there's no riding it out with central pain. Uh, I know that. Oh, it's taken me. I know I I can say it's taken me seven years to find that perfect cocktail or combination that works. And we're all so different. Uh, I know it's so sad, too, because what works for me might not work for someone else. And you know how it goes with medication. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It may work. It may not. It's a roulette. But I've also found that it's got to be even. Take take some medication and then take some, um, what do you want, healthy, uh, not synthetic drug what do i want to say healthy. supplements vitamins you're talking or? yes you got to have a little bit of that you have to have uh learn meditation learn to slow down learn to be okay being by yourself and just calm the whole body it takes a little bit of everything it's not you just got to find that right combination and it's a lot of work it really is. It took me seven years, and I feel so bad when I see the new ones that are just getting their diagnosis or going through. And I haven't the heart to say, oh, well, that's going to take you seven years. But mm. some people, it doesn't. You can find that right doctor right away, and some of us cannot. For me, it was seven years. Other people, oh, thank goodness, it was not that long. And how did this affect your family? First of all, them watching you suffer and and being helpless. And the other side of that is, were they angry with you? Because I think that often happens with CPS. Oh, it does. It does. I have met so many people that when they got sick or had their stroke or had their spine or brain trauma, (laughs) their significant other actually left. And I'm so blessed that mine stayed. I'm also blessed in a very huge way that um, my husband disabled since the day we met and got married. Mm. So I think that he can understand when I have bad days. Right, right. And I never had that companion that was angry or could not understand or... Uh, and I feel so bad for those that do. And like you said, it, it's more normal than not. Very for these, much so. Yes, for the spouse to be angry. And it's understandable, but it, it doesn't is. take away the pain. You know, no, no, it doesn't. On top of but the physical pain, you have the emotional pain as well. As well. And it's, it is so understandable how can they understand something they've never felt or never Mm -hmm. gone through and that's the caretaker syndrome right right so during let's see um you're sharing you you had the graves disease oh that's what i had asked you earlier were both of these diagnosed at the same time and what you said it took them a while to determine the um that the stroke and the was part and parcel to the thyroid issues, correct? Correct. So did when you received the different diagnosis then, did it just like hit you and like what next kind of a thing? Or were you, did you actually gain strength 
thinking that I made it through that, I can make it through this. Yes, the diagnosis came about in uh, a really strange way. When I had the pain, I started shaking uncontrollably. And that was actually the hyperness setting in for the Graves' disease, but we did not know that. And I was in the hospital, and I could hear the doctors and nurses talking about me behind my back. They actually thought that I was an alcoholic and I was going through DT. Well, thank goodness that my mother's leukemia doctor come in to see me, to check on me when he heard I was in the same hospital he works. As soon as he walked in, he looked at me and said, Lisa, something's wrong with your thyroid. I'm thinking, how how come a cancer doctor can walk in here and see that immediately? But I've been here five days and no one else could see that. Mm. But thank goodness he did. I was never going to be able to. Uh, I, I couldn't get the doctors to realize, no, I, I don't drink alcohol. I am not an alcoholic. I don't even take medications. I was never, never going to be able to. Get them to realize that that's how the graves and the um, thyroid condition come along because of my mother's leukemia doctor. Wow, that's amazing. Now, go ahead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. They said, well, here's as soon as we get that nasty thyroid out, you're going to feel so much better. Well, that never happened. And I thought, something's wrong, and they're missing something. So we went to the Mayo Clinic. My husband and I went to the Mayo Clinic from April to June in 2004. Because I just, they said, and now that the thyroid's out, why are I getting better? Mm. And the Mayo Clinic, of course, is very thorough. And they, <clears throat> excuse me, they were the ones to find the stroke in the thalamus. Okay. That's where the connection is. All yes. Right. So did that give you a, a sense of relief that this was not just in your head? <laughs> yes, but convincing other people is a different story. Mm. Okay, and, well, what happened? Um, here you have an invisible illness, invisible chronic condition. And if people can't see it, how are they to believe it? Mm. For instance, my husband is disabled He has a bad right leg from uh, a motorcycle accident he had when he was 15 years old, driving, riding to work on his motorcycle. People can see his, but they can't see mine. Mm. Isn't it amazing how our minds work that way? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Right. If I can't see it, it it can't be be so bad, right? Mm -hmm. It can't be so bad if you can't see it. Exactly. So, were you ever able to overcome that? (laughs) Um, I'm still dealing with that on a day to day basis. Excuse me. And the one thing that's really great is technology where you can get together and bring awareness. Mm. Once uh, I never did see any type of invisible illness. organization of any type when I first started going through this in 2004 and now there's many 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 out there you mentioned that there were uh, over 3 million people in the US alone that suffer with chronic pain syndrome Uh, do you know what the basic source is for that like was it trauma or is there another reason well what's interesting 
is that it doesn't have to be from stroke. It can be from head trauma, like the football players. It can be spinal cord injuries. And it can also be our veterans coming home from war, from all the bombs that they go through and endure. The bombs themselves can give you head and spinal trauma. And though they're going through the PTSD, they may not ever get um, diagnosed with central pain syndrome. And is there some advice that you can possibly offer to listeners who may be experiencing similar symptoms or know someone? Is there, like, do you understand what I'm asking you? Like, yes, if, okay. yes. If if you feel if you've had a stroke, if you have epilepsy, if you've had a head trauma, if you have a spinal cord trauma injury, any type of tumor, and you do not feel well, please, please go see a neurologist. A, a surgical neurologist would be good as well. I have found that rheumatologists are not as effective. And Interesting. Okay. Yes, and there are some good general practitioners that can handle that as well, and there's some that can't. But I would say a top neurologist will be able to see the symptoms and help you through it. And that helps so much with their future care, right? It makes a huge difference. If you know that you have the central pain syndrome, you, they, the doctors and the professionals will be able to go at it a different route that you may not have had before in treatment, and it will make a big difference in your outcome. So what's your attitude like today, Lisa? Do you, How do you go through? Are, do you suffer from depression? I mean, is this normal? Um, what have you done to improve your attitude if that was an issue? You know, because I know this is an emotional thing, right? Very. Uh, that's one of those five stages. Depression is a huge one, especially when your life stops in its track and everything's changed and nothing's the same as it was. And it's really big. And some people deal with it. Uh, in different ways, but I have found that medication helped me through that. I People need to understand that when you have depression, depression itself is going to enhance your pain levels. So you have to also treat the depression in order to bring your pain down. Good point. Um, I didn't, I think I was more depressed over losing my mom than I was about central pain. But I think they 50-50, because I didn't want to go through something like this without my mom. Mm. And then I, I did, uh, so that would be my most uh, biggest part of depression that I had. But then uh, after I finally went through my five stages, all right, now, this is new Lisa. What is new Lisa going to do? And you have to, I, you know, my husband and I always act stupid and childish and ridiculous so that we can laugh every day. Good. Good. We I'm glad do. you brought that up. Absolutely. We laugh all the time. And you, laughter is the best free medicine I know of. <laughs> 
Uh, if you can Very raise good. those dopamine levels, you are doing great. You are absolutely right. That has been my view in my life as long as I can remember. Laugh every day. Don't take it so serious. Laugh, have fun, enjoy every minute that you have here. I mean, it may look like, oh, why would I want to even live this life? Mm. Well, you don't know. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what could happen. You don't know who you're going to meet. You have a whole new life now that's putting you in another direction. But laugh of all the, you I tell people all the time, when you first open your eyes in the morning when you wake up, make yourself smile. Put a big silly grin <laughs> on your face. And you might feel ridiculous, which is even better because you'll laugh. Right. But right. when you open your eyes, put that big silly grin on your face, and I guarantee you it's going to change the rest of your day. And it's looking for things to laugh at, too. You know, oh, you definitely. You need you need to find ways to entertain yourself. <laughs> so that's a very good point. So how did how was the book born through all of this? And tell us about your book. Is it a memoir? Is it a self-help? Is it both? Yes and yes. And the book come about um, while I was still working. Uh, I can't thank the state of Florida enough for allowing me to work at home before I realized I could not do it any longer. Oh, wonderful. And the book come about because of all the thousands of people, co-workers that I worked with, they never had anything bad happen, so they couldn't believe mm. one person could possibly be going through this and that it could be true. And so I thought, well, let me write a book because there's no way I can talk to all of them on the phone. <laughs> you know, even if I send out an email, people do not take emails too seriously, especially <laughs> at work. And I, the book came about to, to let them know that, yes, not only can this happen, but this hap- this is this is the um, majority of people go through this. I think you're the rare ones that don't go through anything. <laughs> I mean, how I've met people who hadn't even lost a, a family member yet. How can you do that? How can you go through life, be 40 years old, and not even go through anything? How is that possible? I think that you're the rare ones. I I think there's more of us out there that actually have gone through things that help us grow and learn. Yeah, bring you strength, gives you more strength. So much strength and perseverance. So how did it change you? If you look at yourself then and look at yourself now, who's the new Lisa? How has it changed you? Oh, the new Lisa has really had to learn that I have to say no, that I can't do everything like I used to. Um, uh, Sometimes that, yes, I have to accept this day is going to be nothing but laying around. The new Lisa is uh, somebody saying, do you want to do something today? Um, Now I have to say um, I can't because I did something yesterday. Uh, It's hard. Amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. The new Lisa has to learn that I can't go to all to the family gatherings. I I can't go out every night. I can't to, um, let's say, for dinner or 
any get-togethers. That's painful to realize, but you must realize it for the for your emotional value and for your physical value you must realize that's the life now so that's part of the the stages too is the acceptance exactly that is one of them oh boy is that a hard one and that's that's a tough one too because you don't want to accept your demise per se in defeat but just accept it as a realist and yet not lose hope. Very much so. Can you? It just makes you picture that you're standing there and you're struggling and you're fighting with this unknown thing. And you're like, you're not, you are not going to take me down. You're not going to do this to me. It's a huge struggle. And then you come out on the other side knowing you're going to be victorious. All right. Great, I have a new life now. This is going to go a new direction. Good. Let's see where it's going to take us. Let's see what new and interesting things and people we can find and meet along the way. I think that's no different than when you are a child and growing up. It's the joy of looking at it in the right perspective. Very good. That's right. And so what do you see the future? Do you see another book? Do you see you doing any any public speaking regarding this? What is in your future? Or what would you like to be in your future? <laughs> <laughs> right. I um right now I'm the vice president of the Central Pain Syndrome Foundation and it's in its infancy stages and I would love to see it grow and bring more awareness to CPS. Um I would love to be able to go out and speak about central pain. I would love to go out and speak to anyone about anything regarding a new life and how to establish a new way of living. Um, I think the central pain syndrome is really where I'm at right now, helping others and bring it to awareness and know that we need some good quality medical care and we need to improve the lives of the patients, the caregivers and their families and uh, we need research on this badly. But right now, it's that's where I'm at. Don't you agree, too, that um, just bringing awareness and helping others helps you? Very much so. It's always great to be a part of something bigger and grander um, that you know can affect so many people and help improve their lives. As soon as you start looking at other people, you also learn very quickly that there are a lot more people that are worse off than you are. Always. And that usually brings a new, not only awareness to yourself, but a new strength. Because you gain strength knowing that they made it through too. Exactly. So have you have you made any good contacts and friends within the auspices of the uh, CPS Foundation? Yes, I have met hundreds and hundreds of new friends that I would have never met had I continued with my legal profession. So that's a good thing. <laughs> it is always a good thing. Uh, it's always good to meet more people to um, flourish your life. 
Is there anything else that you would like to do within the legal profession that you are able to now that you are have your meds under control and or your pain rather under control to a point and you've written a book? I mean, is there anything else that you would like to do that you would be able to in that in that um, format or no? Yes, I miss the legal profession so much. Um, I really did. My my goal was to become a judge one day. That was mm. my life's goal. And I know that is not possible for me now since I only get an hour to an hour and a half good time every day. So you, mm. I don't, I not found a way <coughs> yet to get back to my legal career, okay. uh, you know, other than helping family and friends with their legal issues that come up. But that's less, um, I would love to do so much more than that. Well, you never know, right? You never know. You're still young. I am. I'm 50 but years old. I have another <laughs> half century to that's go. That's right. You got it. <laughs> You're just starting. <laughs> that's right. I am the is new it, 30. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> is there anything else in, about your book that you would like to share? Like, why would somebody um, want to buy it? What is your call to action regarding the book? Anything you can expound on that? Yes. First of all, I want people to know it's not a sad book at all. It's like sitting down with a friend, either if you're at lunch, on a lunch date, and getting to know someone, or if you're sitting on a couch with a friend snuggled up and learning about each other. That's what the book's about, just sitting down, talking things out with a friend, and learning that you can have the strength to walk through life and face each new situation with so much courage and optimism. There's a lot of laughs in the book. Oh, good. There's a lot of laughter in the book over silly things that just come about in life. And I want people to sit down and enjoy it and have a good read to escape whatever they may go through that day. So is it a story or a series of stories? I think it can be a series of stories. Okay, okay. And you said some self-help tips as well in dealing with these issues? Yes, a lot. Excellent. Excellent. So is there any other venues that you share your story in? Are you able to do anything like to speak to groups other than working with the uh, CPS Foundation? I would, oh, I would love to. I have done a f- some book signings at cute little cafes and those are fun to do. But I'm ready to meet people on a a bigger scale. I always want to help more people. Good, good. Well, what I do after the show is I will take your book and all your contact information, etc. And when it goes on my website, you will have that exposure and people will be able to contact you and talk to you, share their own stories, ask for support, advice possibly, because you never know if we can touch one other person with our efforts. We have accomplished a huge thing. Thank you, Carol. I I am so excited about that. I cannot wait to see the response. Absolutely, because we never know who's out there, possibly in a state of depression or whatever that has is going through this. 
whether they're young or old. I mean, we all touch others' lives for reasons. Yes, we do. And sometimes it doesn't take much at all to touch someone's life. Uh, A smile, a hug. That's right. Paying it forward. Yes, always. You know, we don't have any guarantees, Lisa. And I know that that's one of the things that is coming loud and clear as you're talking today. There's no guarantee that you're not going to wake up tomorrow and have something really devastating and life-changing happen to you. So true. And dealing with it like you have and being encouraged and encouraging to laugh, to, you know, to laugh with people, to laugh at yourself. All these things are part and parcel to your healing. Very much so. We need to send this message out. So I appreciate you sharing. Now, is there anything else that you can think of that we haven't touched on that you would like to share? Oh, my goodness. I think we could just spend hours and hours talking about everything. I Maybe we'll have another interview. Okay. Well, as you think of things that you would like to share, shot them, shot, <laughs> shot them down, and we will do that. We'll so do. I appreciate that, Lisa. Like I said, we will have all your contact information on the Internet um, along with your book and Anything else in the meantime that you want to share, you just let me know, and we want to get your story out there. Thank you, Carol. This has been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I thank you, Lisa. You're a very special lady with a lot of strength. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.